Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of Treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Greetings, church. Gracious welcome to you on this Wednesday before the second Sunday of Lent. Today we'll be looking at our psalm, Psalm 22, a reading out of Psalm 22. This is the psalm that we normally have on Good Friday. It's the one that begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But, but our reading for this Sunday for the psalm comes, uh, starts at verse 23 and goes to the end. But this will be our psalm for today as well as our study. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, unborn, he has done it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, this psalm, like I said, is the psalm of Good Friday. It's, it's that one, like I said, starts with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and it, it goes on to, to be this place that Matthew and, and some of the other gospel writers have turned back to to say this is speaking of Christ. And that's how the church has held it up for, for centuries, for, for millennia. And, and so when, when that is the way that the church wants to interpret this text, it, it behooves us to hold on to that history in order to look at this text from that direction. When we start thinking about it, that these are words that, that Christ knew, that they were words that he had memorized, this psalm, and he cried them out from the cross. And they were places that, that Matthew and others saw a fulfillment of prophecy uh, with the dividing of the clothing at, at the cross and, and therefore going on from there. Well, here we begin kind of almost in the middle, almost near the end of the psalm. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. Think think about that as as if you're standing before the cross and Jesus is dying, bleeding, gasping. And then there's this call, you who fear the Lord, praise him. That one on the cross, yes, that one that you think is a criminal, a blasphemer. Praise him. That is what this starts to make me turn to. 
For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. The afflicted one, Jesus, the one who's suffering. We're supposed to praise God, i.e. praise Jesus, because he is God incarnate. Because God has not abandoned Christ, even though Christ cries out, Why have you forsaken me? This cry of, of suffering. But that God wasn't punishing Jesus, that Jesus was not being abandoned by God and, and left to die forever, but he was one that God heard and he was one that, that God was close to because it was his beloved son on that cross. And from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly, where the cross of Christ is our glory forever, where the cross of Christ, this crucified Christ, is the center of all things. Uh, in, in both of our churches, in both of our congregations, uh, and in congregations everywhere that I've served, uh, there's a cross basically at the center of the church. We, we have it there. More often than not, it's a Jesusless cross. It's, a, it's, it's not a crucifix. It's, it's just the cross. It's, it doesn't have Jesus on it. And maybe we should have Jesus on it to remind us what it is that Jesus has done. But here to, to have the theme of our praise in the great assembly be this Jesus on a cross. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. This, this, this calling that, that God provides us for us through Christ provides for us what we need even in our suffering because he suffered for us all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him I have written in the margin in my in my Bible here daily prayer this idea that it's supposed to be a daily meditation not just an hour on a Sunday or, or an hour a month depending on how often you come but a daily remembrance of what it is that Christ has done. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. Imagine that. The throne of Christ is that cross. That he's bringing all of the dominion and powers and principalities under his control through that death. That it is that he will ascend and sit at the right hand of God, the Father. And all the principalities and powers will be under his feet, will be his footstool. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. The humbling of the rich who also die. Those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. That even in our death, it's a great equalizer, right? We all die. And yet it is that in our death, we glorify God because we know that he's the one who gives life and can bring us back through the resurrection at the end of the age. Then posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. We talked about this yesterday, right? This idea of passing on the faith, that it has to continually be passed on. It can't just be held in a bubble somewhere. It, it needs to be shared. It should be shared. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. That, that goes back to what... Timothy Paul Jones was talking about in the field guide to family ministry where, where he, he, he says that what he does is for his grandchildren, not just for his children. That he trains up his children in the way they should go that they might be prepared to pass it on to their grandchildren, working for the future generations. And we've lost that in many ways in the church, haven't we? 
that we usually want what we want right now for us, rather than realizing that we work for an eternity. We work for something even greater than ourselves. That we look at our children and we see them as, well, we need to make them good little boys and girls. We need to, we need to make sure that they learn how to be successful and to be happy and all these other things. Never realizing that when they're baptized, they're my brother, they're my sister. They're your brother, they're your sister. They might be your child, but they are also a child of God, of the Heavenly Father. And so they are your equal. And that they become one who needs to be taught the gospel, redemption and consolation. This is also part of what Timothy Paul Jones talks about, that, that we're really good at talking about creation and we're really good at talking about the fall, but we never talk about the necessity of redemption with our kids passing on the gospel, making sure that they know that and realizing that we are part of an eternity. That it is that we need to be looking towards the future to think about our grandkids and our great-grandkids, that they might hear these words of Christ. That, that we are his, purchased by his blood. And that includes me, you, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids. That they might know those things. Maybe so for us. Which is why maybe it's good that we're reading this prayer this week, calling on us to bear our cross. Let us pray. O oh God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We will see you tonight for our first midweek service of Lent there at Faith as the kids bring a skit dealing with the Gerasene demoniac. That's one of Pastor Carl's and my favorites. Uh, so please join us for that, 6.30 p.m. Otherwise, go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>